And I approve of you going to WDET.org to get more information about the Craig Fonley party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that's going to be included in that. In the lead up to the election, we will help you navigate um, what could surely be a somewhat silly season, although it is very serious at the same time. So we'll help you sort through all of that. Memorial Day, of course, is coming up on Monday, and uh, we're going to spend some time on Monday's program talking with some vets. Uh, But today, we're going to hear from Cameron Lincoln. He's a former human intelligence collector or interrogator for the United States Army. Lincoln is now doing contract work for a private company in Afghanistan, and he is now on his fourth tour in the Middle East. In light of Memorial Day, WDET's Laura Weber spoke with Cameron, a friend from college, about the physical and mental toll that war takes on people in combat. Cameron says he joined the Army to find direction and purpose in his life. I had dropped out of high school my senior year, um, and being um, the arrogant 18-year-old that I was at that time, I thought that was the smartest idea. And I was attending community college, but not really applying myself in any way, shape, or form, and uh, just continuing the basic bad behavior that had led me to dropping out of high school in the first place, putting more emphasis on less important things in life than uh, furthering myself and, and, and creating a future for myself that was positive. You are one of the more intellectual and intelligent people I've ever met. Your IQ, as it were, actually, if I remember correctly, um, served in putting you down the path with the army that you ended up going. Is that right? Uh, I mean, yes. I, I, I tested very well on... Um, the ASVAB test, which is the placement test, essentially, that you take before you can select a a job, a a duty position within the armed forces. Was interrogation part of the position and role that you wanted to get into eventually? I I didn't know about uh, human intelligence collections and interrogations. My father had done a brief stint in the Navy. and I really knew very, very little. So every every one of my guesses was a was a shot in the dark. But I thought military intelligence sounded up my alley. Um, when we were talking earlier, I asked you um, about the first time that you kind of had a surreal moment in the military uh, that really kind of brought it all to reality. The the position you were in. Could you could you recount that story for me? Well. Uh, my first tour to Iraq, uh, the thing that kind of solidified the fact that I was on a deployment in a foreign country, technically in a, in a war zone, um, was sitting down across from a, you know, a Iraqi gentleman in a, a yellow jumpsuit who was a detainee of you know, the American forces of our of our forces and. Uh, it was my job then to uh, to get whatever intelligence information I could out of him. Were were you um, intimidated or nervous by the experience, or had the or had your level of training already prepared you for that experience, even though you hadn't faced it yet? Uh, I I absolutely think the training had prepared me for it. However, beyond that, I think it it was something that I was comfortable doing um, before I even knew the position existed, just because talking to people is something that has never been difficult for me. I can, I've can i been able to talk to people, you know, despite 
differences despite uh, differences in nature, culture, etc. Um, since I was young, I mean, I was kind of just, I'm adaptable. I, I moved around a lot, so being adaptable came with the territory. How do you maintain a, the knowledge and perception that this is, this is a person and not just somebody who I'm against in a war? I mean, that's all, yeah, that's all how you approach it. I mean, it's, I never, I mean, I, I looked at them as detainees. I mean, that was an unavoidable fact. However, in order to do my job well, I had to be able to understand them as being a human being, you know, with the same desires and wants and, and hopes and dreams that, that I may have. And, you know, you give a little, you give a little bit of yourself up every time you do an interrogation because you have, you have to be able to relate. You have to be able to have a, a mutual understanding. So, you know, there's, it's a lot of give and take and there's no, it's not one-sided in any way. Was it exhausting mentally? I mean, and emotionally? Uh, it can be incredibly emotionally exhausting. I mean, just, it can be very, very draining. And it, it, it can be mentally very tasking as well. Um, you know, there are times where I had to go on, that I was on 45-minute monologues because the, 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 the gentleman sitting across from me wasn't going to and had no intention of saying a word. So I I would be doing most of the talking for the better part of three hours. You have to you have to understand that person on a very base level and and then you know dig deeper and understand their family life, understand their work life, understand who their friends are, who they're where they live, what the dynamic of that area is. I mean everything comes into play if I think if you're doing the job properly. Now, we didn't, um, we haven't mentioned it in this conversation yet, but you did also work in a, in a military hospital before, before this period of time. Is that right? Yes, correct. Um, tell me, if you, if you don't mind, tell me the first time that you ever saw somebody who was very seriously injured that you either had to assist or you were unable to assist. Um, well, I, I worked in Hawaii at a uh, Tripler Army Medical Center um, for the duration of my time as a as a nurse in the army. So we didn't get a lot of you know the uh, frontline injuries. Um, however, in my training as a nurse, um, we we did all of our studies, or I did all of my studies at Brooks Army Medical Center, which is in San Antonio, Texas, and there they have um, the burn ward for for the army. It's a uh, um, one of the best burn centers um, in the United States. It's they do fantastic work there, and and that was the first time that I saw anyone um, who was seriously injured. Who it was, you know. Then I was then asked to assist in any manner, um, and it was it was a tremendous experience, and probably my favorite experience as a nurse because it required a, a a lot of focus and a lot of understanding and you know you could it was almost impossible not to have an emotional attachment to the to these guys who you know most of them had been injured 
um, in one of the theater theaters of operation or the other. And um, everything you did made a difference. So, you know, every time I had to, to scrub a wound or to dress a wound or to administer pain medication or anything, um, it all made a difference towards them, towards healing and, and just them generally feeling better and, and one step closer to them being able, able to move on with uh, with their lives. I've been extremely lucky in that uh, no one that I've been uh, particularly close with, uh, none of my buddies, none of my closest, you know, or any of my subordinates have ever um, lost their lives in combat. But uh, at the same time, you know, when every time I, I, I read about a soldier's death, I think every a little PCU goes out to their families and, and, you know, to that soldier and can always take a moment and, and think about that. Has Memorial Day itself meant something different to you since you've been in the Army? It It is something different in the sense that, you know, now through, you know, any of the social networks, I have, you know, I have friends all across the world, all across the country that are actively serving or that have actively served. And um, it's just, just a time, I think, that we use to thank each other, you know, for, to say, hey, you know, thank you for having my back. You know, thank you for serving with me. Thank you for just being a friend. Having talked to you a little bit about, you know, the different roles that you've had within the military, it seems to me like you have a pretty unique perspective on war and what it does to people because you've dealt with both the physical and the mental aspects of it, and you've dealt with people sure. who are both considered friendly and enemy at the same time. What, is mm. that, what does that perspective offer you in the larger picture, what war really is? I would say that uh, it makes me quite adept at not being overly... I, I don't have an over a grudge against anyone who may have been a quote-unquote enemy. I don't have a grudge against the Iraqi people. I don't have a grudge against the Afghan people because, you know, I think I, because I've gotten to have extended conversations with these individuals, you know, I, they're more humanized to me. They're not just the bad guys. They are, they have names, they have families, they have all the same things that that I have back home, and um, I, it's been—I mean, it's been good. I mean, I, I'm not jaded in any way because I've gotten to to see both sides. That was Cameron Lincoln, a former interrogator for the U.S. Army. On Monday, we will have a special edition of the Craig Folly Show to reflect on the true meaning of Memorial Day. Stick around.